Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. This week, we discuss how fund managers assess companies before they invest, and whether the past year changed what and who they invest in. With Nikki Eggers, Head of Investments, Mike Haslam, Investment Funds Director, and Miles Sherry, Investment Consultant. To find out about starting your investing journey with Barclays, visit barclays.co.uk forward slash investments. Hello, welcome back to Word on the Street. Hopefully everyone is getting a bit of this glorious sunshine. I'm, I'm looking out of the window wistfully in the hope that we retain some of the sunny weather for the weekend. But onto the topics at hand. So recently we've talked about inflation. We've talked about the sort of value versus growth and, and the rotation that we've seen year to date. We've talked about policy support from central banks and governments. And of course, we've updated a bit on, on the pandemic developments and, and the vaccination programs. So today, I thought it was sort of high time to get back together with Mike Haslam from the funds team and Miles Sherry, our investment consultant, both of whom know what it is to select fund managers, to look into how they select stocks. And we thought it'd be a great time to hear a bit about what's going on at the moment. So, Mike, Miles, hi, how are you both? Very well, thanks, Nikki. Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well, indeed. Good, good, good. So, Mike, let's start with you. What's been going on? Fill us in. Yes, indeed. It's a very interesting time. We've just had the inflation numbers out this week from the US. So inflation is making the headlines at the moment. But When I was on here last time, I explained how fund managers, they're really more focused on the individual companies rather than trying to to second guess where inflation will go and so on. And it makes sense really, Mike, doesn't it? Because we always talk about that long-term investment story and and drowning out a lot of the noise. And that's really what a lot of the fund managers will, will do. But let's take a look at some companies because it really helps bring the conversation to life. And we've seen that some have historically done better than others when you have periods of higher inflation and also vice versa with with lower inflation. And I should quickly add, of course, that any companies we reference are just examples to give a bit of insight into what some of our fund managers are looking at. None of what we say should be taken as investment advice or a recommendation to, to buy or sell the shares. Yes, absolutely. You're right there, Miles. Some companies do better when inflation is high and some companies do better when inflation is low. But part of what our fund managers are doing is looking for companies that can hopefully do well over the very long term. So I'm talking here about companies that have the ability or the potential to remain in business for a long time to come. It may be that the company produces a product that will always be in demand or maybe a product that is difficult to copy, maybe. Um, And once you've identified such a company, you invest in that company for a very long term Um, in the belief that the company will ride out any short-term wobbles. So here's an interesting example, a household name we all know, British Gas. Did you know that British Gas is over 200 years old? So British Gas has survived periods of high inflation, low inflation. In fact, it survived through two world wars and 37 prime ministers. Wow. But okay, so so British Gas, you mentioned there, it's, it's been going for over 200 years, but surely it's not the same company as it was 200 years ago. No, of course not. The company has been through significant change during the last 200 years. The company itself, British Gas, was set up uh, originally called the the Westminster Gas Light and Coke Company, having been given a royal charter by King Charles II 
to supply gas to London. And in fact, it only became known as British Gas in 1986. But what's interesting today is we are seeing companies change and transform at an astonishing rate, adapting quickly to changing markets, changing quicker than they have ever done so before. And, and change really is the key word there, isn't it? I mean, we were discussing just the other day, Mike, about how whilst not all of this change is down to lockdown, some of it, of course, probably is. And I remember talking to Stephen Peters on here probably a few weeks back now, and we spoke briefly about changing spending habits. And there's been some staggering change there. So think about how some of us have been buying cars. It's no longer been that trip down to the local showroom. You have companies now selling cars online, they're literally delivered to your door. And I'm sure many have seen the TV adverts. They seem to be pretty much everywhere at the moment. So that's staggering change. I don't know about you, but I would never, ever have considered before the pandemic you know, buying an expensive item like a car online without literally seeing it until it turns up in a truck and kind of lands on your doorstep. So the, the way we've shopped over the past year or so has clearly changed. We've all had to adapt our own personal spending habits that companies have had to adapt to. Yeah, and, and really interesting. You're saying there about the sort of delivery mechanism for cars, but I guess the other component is, of course, owning versus renting. Yeah. So that change that you're talking about there, what, what does that mean for our fund managers when they're picking stocks? It means a lot. So it's up to our active fund managers to understand companies and to anticipate change. So let me give you an example. And I apologise in advance, Nikki. It's a company that I mention every time I join you here. It's Disney. We all love Disney. Hey. <laughs> so here, Have you got your Mickey ears yeah, on? Yeah, I always do. Working from <laughs> home. No one can see me. So here's a date to remember, okay? November 2019, just over 18 months ago. That's the date that Disney Plus were launched. And I know we both talk about Disney Plus, Nikki. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's more my husband because what's that what's that show? Is it Mandalorian yes, or Star Wars. like yeah. a Star Wars offshoot or something? Let's Looks weird to me. I'll be honest, Mick, Mickey's not for me. Uh, I'm more of a drama man myself. You probably heard me banging on about Line of Duty <laughs> a few weeks ago. Time is my uh, current recommendation. Brilliant mini series on on iPlayer. Well worth a well worth a watch. But regardless of that, Disney is an amazing example, Mike, of a company that really has had to had to change, and one that's grabbed the eye of a, a couple of our fund managers actually over the past year or so as well. Yeah, exactly. Fascinating company. So if you if you go back. To before November 2019, Disney was about four things. It had the theme parks, the cruise ships, shops, and the film and TV production. Then in 2020 came the global pandemic and lockdown, and it seriously affected those four businesses. Theme parks were all closed. Cruise ships were all stuck in the port. Shops were all closed. And the film and TV production were hit by um, lockdown, which meant, you know, and social distancing, meaning that the uh, production studios were all closed. Absolute disaster. Or maybe not, because Disney Plus was launched in November 2019. And since then, the company has transformed. When Disney Plus was launched, the company's hope was to reach 60 million subscribers in about five years. Instead, it got there in less than nine months. And that 60 million figure, Mike, is kind of already old news. It's actually more like 105 million now. And then you also have to remember that Disney is not all about Disney Plus, believe it or not. They also own other brands too, like ESPN, uh, as an example. And actually, their total subscriber base now is not far off 140 million, and they continue to expand across various new countries. But just to put some context behind this, I expect many of our listeners will have a Netflix account. Netflix has just shy of 200 million subscribers and has been around for a long, long time. 
So that just gives some context to that staggering rate of growth that you've seen uh, in Disney's streaming business. That's incredible, isn't it? So, so you said there 140 million around that for Disney Plus that's been going since November 19. Netflix, 200 million. I mean, this is just phenomenal mm. in a business that didn't exist a few years ago. Wow. So, so do we put this entirely down to lockdown? And, and when lockdown eases, are we expecting a complete reversal of that? Lockdown has helped. I would say it's helped. It took Netflix 10 years to get 100 million subscribers. Disney Plus right. took just over a year. But also look at the content as well. So when we joined, so this is the, uh, the Haslam family, we, we joined at the beginning of lockdown, so about March last year, and it was really for my daughter. So I thought that it was going to be Disney films, you know, Cinderella, Lion King, etc. But I've been so hooked, not just on Star Wars, Marvel films. I think I'm about three quarters of the way through the Marvel films. And you've got the other channels with, you know, all the trashy films that I like, such as Die Hard and Starship Troopers. But those brands, they are incredibly strong brands. You can't replicate brands like Star Wars or Marvel. And last weekend, we all sat down as a family to watch Cruella, the latest film, Emma Stone, absolutely brilliant. So those brands, they are you know, fundamental to Disney. Now, I was talking to a fund manager last year who saw this developing. They could see the potential and they bought into Disney. And the reason why that fund manager could see this developing is because she is able to go and meet with the company. She talks to the people that run the company. She learns about their future plans. She can then make a decision as to whether the company's plans are good or bad. And that is something that I could not possibly ever do as an individual. And that is why we use active fund managers. That's yeah, really, really good point there, Mike. And such an interesting example with Disney, how, how they've totally reshape their business model at such a rapid pace. Yeah, it is. But let's also not forget, Nikki, that Disney was actually originally based around the theme parks. And that just seems to have got a little bit lost, probably due to that staggering growth that Mike was referencing in terms of Disney+. Plus. And we know that economies are gradually starting to ease restrictions again. That should be good news for other parts of Disney's portfolio as well. So think about Disneyland California. That reopened a little over a month ago. I also saw Disneyland Paris is set to reopen next week. So Disney shops are starting to open up in places and as are their theme parks. And then Mike also earlier referenced the cruise ships business. Now, they've obviously all been sat in port for a very, very long time. But looking at the news, it looks like they're set to sail again later this year. So it's just such an interesting company and one that particular manager Mike spoke to has benefited from because we've seen quite the recovery since then, really. And just to reiterate, in case, God forbid, that any of our listeners might might tune out, just as a reminder, we're talking a lot about Disney, but this isn't a recommendation. We're just using it as an example. But just coming back to your conversations, Mike, that I know you have on a daily basis with, with a vast array of fund managers, Change seems to be a really big theme in your conversations. Is it all about finding you know, when there are going to be those inflection points in businesses? Partly, yes. Partly, yes. Change is a big theme. And I guess it always has been, but it's just this staggeringly rapid pace of change that we're seeing. So here's another example. VW, Volkswagen, so the German car manufacturer. So think electric cars. Most people automatically think of Tesla. But VW is changing and it's changing rapidly and it has to change because regulations are coming into effect, which means that European car manufacturers have to produce more zero emission vehicles. And as a result, VW is investing billions into the development of its electric cars and new battery technologies, etc. everything that goes with it. 
And in fact, its R&D budget, the research and development budget, dwarfs the likes of Tesla. It looks like that investment's paying off as well, because here's an interesting stat really caught my eye. According to market statistics, Volkswagen is actually now selling more electric cars in Europe than Tesla. In fact, twice as many cars. This time last year, of course, Tesla was selling twice as many as Volkswagen. So again, quite the change. Yeah, that's fascinating. And, and of course, now now that you guys have said that, I'm going to be looking out <laughs> car spotting <laughs> when I'm out and about for those electric VWs. So, so to that point, if you're saying that they're selling twice as many, does that mean that Volkswagen is, is a buy for these fund managers that you're talking to, Mike? Funnily enough, no, because the best fund managers would have bought the shares in VW last year. So they get paid to understand companies. That's their job. They get paid to go and research companies, to go and meet companies. Because of the significant amount that they have to invest, they get access to the management teams. So those fund managers who did all the work over the last couple of years would have realized that the company is changing and they would have realized that they are investing heavily into electric cars. Because once you see those thousands of electric VW cars on the road, it could be too late to buy the shares. That's the sort of active managers that we like. Okay. And so, you know, as we mentioned before, you've you've given quite a few examples of where change has been, you know, really speedy, really fundamental to the the companies that that you've described. But is it mainly around moving to say online shopping and about the fact that you know many of us have you know resorted to working from home partly but but sometimes companies yeah but i guess companies have to adapt you know the example of there is vw they have to change and even companies like the big international oil companies are changing as well they have to you know think about the future of the industry and and think about all those petrol forecourts across the country as well if we all switch to electric cars we won't need them and one company that is changing is shell so shell has been buying companies that provide the charging points for electric cars and at some point in the future electric vehicle charging points will appear across all the petrol station forecourts in the uk um, and you will uh, turn up there um, um, a quick 20-minute fast charge when you have a coffee and then you're off again. And Shell, for example, has been out on the buying spree, buying companies that run these, these charging points. One of them, for example, I don't know if you've seen this about, I've seen them in London. It's a, it's a company they bought recently that provide car charging points on lampposts, which means then that you don't have to go and dig up the street and lay cables for new charging points. So Shell is hoping to have over half a million charging points in just four years' time big change and another rapidly changing company. That's that's genius, the the lampposts of reconfiguring them as, as charging points. Brilliant. So I see what you mean. I think what I'm hearing from you is that in order to, to identify investment opportunities, you have to really understand the companies. And you know, a lot of that is about access and and effectively having active managers whose sole job it is to to look in detail at those companies. Exactly that. I'd, I'd say that's spot on. But but just coming back, Nikki, to where we started, some clients I'm finding are still a little bit unsure about inflation. Now, of course, we, as we said many times on here before, we prepare for a variety of different outcomes for our diversified portfolios. But let's say that we do see inflation. You have to rewind over 10 years ago or so to find a period where we actually saw inflation 
above three or four percent. And the point here is that the world was a very different place back then. And so when thinking about what our managers are doing, as Mike's spoken about, yes, they do look at inflation and keep keep an eye on where it may or may not go. Um, but also you have to consider that the world has changed since then. So it's not as simple necessarily of saying, well, if we do get higher inflation, let's just go and buy the companies that did well 10 years ago uh, during that period of inflation, because it won't necessarily be the same result now. Spot on, Miles. Absolutely. What I'm hearing from the managers is just that, that it's too simplistic to say that if inflation does pick up, go out and buy the shares in those companies that did well last time we had inflation, which was what, over over 10 years ago. Those companies were radically different back then. They've changed. And our active managers are paid to understand every single company they invest in, not just um, trying to understand where inflation is going. That's really, really insightful. Thank you, guys. Sadly, we've run out of time. Just as a reminder, none of the companies that are mentioned are are recommendations from an investment perspective. However, I think, Mike, I've taken your recommendation of Cruella totally on board. That will be showing in the Eggers household this weekend. I fear I fear I won't get the whole family to watch it. They seem to be a bit beyond sitting down with with us and and watching as as a family. But to your point, Miles, you know, new shows. I'm very much excited about looking at the one you mentioned. What was it again? Time. Really, really Time. good. Time. Brilliant. Well, you see, we're, we're so behind in our household that I haven't watched one of the Line of Duty series. <laughs> that's that's definitely in our back pocket. I can't believe we've managed to avoid spoilers. So thank you very much for your insights today, Mike and Miles. And thank you very much to our listeners and subscribers. And do keep listening, subscribing, liking and uh, providing us feedback via LinkedIn. So thanks very much. All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.